0: I'm Lemuel Gonzalez, repentant sinner, and along with Amory Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's Painless Sunday School lesson, Without Works.
1: Is a Samaritan inherently good? This week, we're going to dig into the meaning of the term Samaritan, and also have a special surprise unboxing segment. <laughs> Maybe you weren't really paying attention that Sunday morning, maybe church wasn't a part of your upbringing at all. There are Bible stories that you may have heard reference, but you don't know the details of. Now we can do a little catching up today. we're going to talk about another Bible story so popular that it is often cited outside of religious context as an example of ethical behavior
0: A good Samaritan what is it? What does the term mean to you?
1: A person who does good now. W- which is pretty silly because, like a citizen, like Samaritan, I think in my brain uh-huh. just translates to citizen, and good is redundant when I'm telling you what it is. So, like it's a good citizen. That so is. If I
0: say the word Samaritan, you're automatically going to believe it's somebody who's good. No. I mean, but the term. But the just term means...
1: it, it almost always goes mm-hmm. hand in hand, so that is why. When you ask me what is a good Samaritan... All right,
0: so what is a Samaritan
1: then? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One who (laughs) Samaritan? There we go. I presume it's named after a place, but it's a place that I'm unfamiliar with. They
0: perform Samaritarius behavior.
1: I don't know what that is.
0: Samaritarius. It's a word I just made up. Oh, well, that's why I don't know what it is. (laughs) All right. Samaritans who are meritorious. So
1: is Samaritan named after a place? Like, is that like the citizen of a location. Well, it's a Samar. religious group. Oh, okay. And it's also so the no. name of
0: a location. So um, yes. Right. So what is a Samaritan? They're members of a religious group separate from the mainstream of Judaism, but following most of the same texts and teaching as the Orthodox community.
1: So there are a like there are many versions of Protestants mm-hmm. in Christianity, there are more than two versions of Jew, Jewish Judaism, people. Right. And I only I know Orthodox and Non Orthodox. (laughs) I wouldn't, I like the phrase unorthodox, but that's not accurate either. Um, So there, but there are other Mm -hmm. sort of sects.
0: So we learn about the Samaritans, good and bad, in the Gospels of Luke and John. Jesus interacts with them from time to time, even though he stressed to the disciples that his mission should be directed to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus is explaining one of his very simple principles for living in harmony with God when he's asked a question. He explained it by telling a story. A story about Samaritans, a group treated with suspicion for their alternative version of the same religious beliefs.
1: Um, I'm confused. Okay. Oh, are the Samaritans the last sheep of Israel? No, the lost sheep oh. of Israel.
0: When? Who that? Um, so, so it's a history lesson. The fall of Israel happened in 722 BCE, the, before the Common Era. Since we're, we're I mean,
1: yeah, that's I right. I could
0: use BC. But um,
1: It's the same, so it's fine.
0: It was, the kingdom was divided into two parts, one being Judah, the other one being Israel.
1: Is Judah what we would think of as Palestine now? I'm
0: not sure exactly where it would lie geographically now. Okay,
1: so it's not, but it's not that, it's not that division. So
0: the lost sheep of Israel would be the tribes that were scattered when the country was overcome.
1: Diaspora.
0: Right. So... The Samaritans claim to be people who survived the fall of Israel. Their dispute with the rest of Judaism stands even further back, settling the, uh, to the settling of the Promised Land by uh, General Joshua centuries before. They do not worship at the same sacred sites. They have different opinions on how to practice the Law of Moses.
1: Okay, so who are they led by? When did they start?
0: Uh, they... By the time that we get to Jesus' time, they've been around for a very long time and they're led by separate religious teachers. But they also they worship uh Jehovah, they worship at a different place. Than right, but
1: we don't have a an idea of when they split off.
0: Um, we don't have an idea when exactly they split off. Okay. We just know that by Usually this point, when
1: there's a big, you know, you know schism, schism in a world religion, there's a
0: but their a disputation, of where it started, according but to them, starts as far back as the time of Joshua, which was directly after Moses. And then by the time that we see them in the Gospels, and they still survive.
1: I was going to say, are the is um, could I find a Good Samaritan fellowship?
0: Um, that would be or a Christian a fellowship Samaritan at this point, fellowship? because they don't. have... Oh, right, because they all
1: flocked mm-hmm. they They went Jews for Jesus, and then now they're Christian.
0: No, 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 they're still Orthodox Jews. Well then. Or, mostly Orthodox then Jews. Then why did
1: you just say they were Christians?
0: No, if you found something called Good Samaritan, it probably would not be... Oh,
1: they wouldn't use that They wouldn't use that term.
0: Saying, because you. <laughs> they're... You
1: know. I'm like, you just told me. <laughs> what are you saying? To me? Okay. So
0: Samaritans are, again, treated with suspicion by the more Orthodox members of the community, although at the time there wasn't very much variation aside from separate teachers in Judaism. Jesus was considered an alternate teacher so it was John the Baptist and several others, but there was more of a mainstream Judaism that they were following. Right. But the Samaritans were different, and they worshiped at different mountains. They, they held different sacred sites, as we said. Again, it starts with a story. On one occasion, an expert of the law, this is in Luke uh, chapter 10, 25 through 37, if you want to cite an actual location. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit uh, eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But the the teacher of the law wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? So that's where the story starts.
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll love some people as myself, but only a, a uh-huh. apparently he's already putting up roadblocks to who, who gets loved as himself.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of what Jesus was addressing. Remember, they were living in an occupied country with Romans and Greeks. And right.
1: So if my neighbor is like me, I'll love them as myself. Right. But if my neighbor isn't like me...
0: Which is a tenet of fundamentalism, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> love your neighbors who look and act like you. Gross. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed to the other side.
1: So, this just feels very much like good social distancing. Was there a plague happening at the time?
0: No, but oh. the man was beaten up and left half dead, and so uh, first a priest, and we know what that means what a priest would be in any context, and then a Levite. Now,
1: what's a Levite? Just a place, a person from another location.
0: So remember that originally there were twelve tribes of Israel. Yes,
1: that's right? what I hear.
0: So the Levites were members of the Hebrew tribe of Is- uh, Excuse me, the Levites were members of the Hebrew tribe of Levi. They were a priestly caste. And when they weren't directly serving as priests, they served as guards, musicians, and temple labor. To this day, people who come from Levite ancestry still have additional rights and responsibilities in the Orthodox community.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Do you know someone named Epstein, uh, Levine, Lewinsky, or Segal? Those are common names of Levite descendants.
1: I know three of those.
0: Right. So these are people <laughs> who come from, uh, that might come from a Levite ancestry. Interesting. Um, but now, going back to Jesus' story. Yes. Yeah. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii money, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Lots of Jesus story- stories end with, go and do likewise. Go do it.
1: So, this is confusing to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, we're redefining the term neighbor here. Yes. The only person who could call this man a neighbor, or who could call themselves a neighbor, mm-hmm. is the one who took mercy. The right. other one's... Are not na- neighbors, not because of location, right? But because of attitude and action. Exactly. Okay, so it's not like, yeah, yeah, no. It just it's it feels backwards to me, like How do you like mean? we're falling back into. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man? Well, you're asking me to redefine the word. So what neighbor, he's doing, not just
0: now. Remember, Jesus is speaking to a lawyer. Yeah. And the lawyer wants to define terms in what he can do and what he can't do. Got you. So he says, who's my neighbor? Who do I have to look out for? Right. And Jesus gives the example of someone who's socially persecuted in their community. Right. For their different religious beliefs and says that man acted whereas the priest of his own tribe refused to help him. Right, right. Where the other person who would be essentially, if he wasn't a priest, a temple attendant or something else, refused to help him. Refused to get involved, which is something that we see all the time. Right,
1: right, right. And instead,
0: the person who was socially persecuted—this would be the equivalent if we were talking about even now—if a man is lying in a ditch, a white man is being lying in a ditch, and a black man goes to help him in a southern community—that's the effect. In effect, what he's describing. Okay. And can switch that to a Muslim person helping a Christian out, right? Or something. What he was saying was, this person is his neighbor everyone is your neighbor gotcha not just the person that you uh, that is like you because the first two people who pass by this wounded man are people from his own community and his own religion effectively people who are compelled by their status to help a person in need and they refuse to do it instead this person who doesn't have a ground to help and doesn't have a commonality in terms of religion and culture still goes and helps him and takes responsibility for
1: taking care of him. I'm hearing you, and I'm understanding you, and I'm understanding the context, but I think the story uh, is poor. But that's fine.
0: Why is the story poor?
1: (laughs) Because the answer to this question, Mm -hmm. to this lawyer's question, is everybody. Right. That's the answer. But that is not... The st- what the story tells
0: us. So what's the story telling us then?
1: The story tells us that if you see somebody who you think is in need, mm-hmm. that is your neighbor. But nobody who is not outwardly struggling is your neighbor. Nobody like It, no, it feels like they're removing a lot what of... What he's
0: doing from the beginning is he says um, what are the laws or commandments as you understand them? And he sets down to love your God and etc. And then mm-hmm. goes, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. So who's your neighbor? That's the person you love, not the person that you have to act on. You love everybody, which right. again is expanding this boundary. So I'm not sure exactly what the, the, the issue is
1: then. Because what this story feels like, so the answer to who is, who is, who is, who's my neighbor? Who do I need to love as myself? Mm-hmm. The son? The easy, quick answer with no story or parable attached to that is everyone. Right. But this story says, you know those two first dudes that ignored this guy? <laughs> like, not them. We're not talking about them.
0: No, we're not, he's not saying that, they're, I mean, they're not really a part of the story other than to illustrate which one was actually his neighbor, the person who had the least in common with him.
1: Yeah, I just I feel like it's backing into a story in a weird way. It's fine. I get I get what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I just don't think he's doing it very well. (laughs) But that's fine. You're
0: disagreeing with Jesus.
1: No, no, I'm not. (laughs) I'm absolutely not disagreeing with Jesus. I'm saying that in the four thousand times that this has been translated, Mm -hmm. I feel like this story weakens. Mm -hmm. That's all. Oh, just and and it it doesn't weaken in the in the. The neighbor is the person who took care of him side of it. Mm-hmm. It weakens in the lead up to that part. Okay. In the who is my neighbor and then I'm going to tell you the story. When the, re- the answer is everybody. Hey, dum-dum, everybody. If, everybody who needs help is your neighbor. Well, Treat again, everybody or not, or just everybody. Every, all the people that you mm-hmm. see, those are your neighbors. Treat them all and love them all as yourself.
0: So you think he should have told the answer without the story?
1: Yeah, because I think that the story allows for people to do the bad thing that people do, which is, um, I'm going to focus on this detail, Mm -hmm. thereby negating the overall theme of the story or the overall point that was being made to Mm -hmm. nitpick into the detail.
0: Well, again, he was talking to a lawyer, so what he had to do is present a case or a story by which a person could understand especially at that time, under their definition of what the law was. Remember how it was presented to people. Someone comes up to Solomon, two women come up to Solomon, both claim uh, parenthood of a child. Which one of these uh, women is, so he has to actually do something to engage them, but that's the way that, uh, to, to engage them, and he gives them, a choice that's so horrible that only the actual mother would rather give up her child than... Right, 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 it. right, right. So no, this uh, is... Yeah. yeah.
1: But but here, here's what I'm reading, and, and I might pull all of this mm-hmm. out. So. But here's, here's what I'm hearing. To get into... You know, to to win the award, or reward or whatever of mm-hmm. eternal life, of salvation, mm-hmm. love your neighbor as yourself.
0: That's one of the things, yes.
1: Well, who's the neighbor? Now, The the thrust of... Jesus' idea here would be to love uh, all humanity mm-hmm. as yourself. But what we get is a story of robbers who are crappy people mm-hmm. who don't come back and are not, a ne- for all intents and, tab- and 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 purposes, are not neighbors. And, mm-hmm. in ter- in this in terms of the story, the priest not mm-hmm. a neighborly or not a neighbor, the Levite mm-hmm. not a neighbor, and then the Samaritan he's the one neighbor to this one victim. So mm-hmm. we have say three robbers and two passers-by that don't do anything. So five people, in the story of seven people, five people are excluded from the neighbor definition and Mm -hmm. two people are included. And that feels exclusionary to me in a way that I don't think was intended but comes across here. That's
0: strange because I really feel like you'd have to look for that to find it. Because the point that he's trying to make is... Again, the person who was the least likely to help is the person who helps, and the person who crosses the cultural barrier mm-hmm. to help. Right. So when you're looking at the other people, this he's, he's again talking about an actual world of the people who lived in it right. would I understand.
1: Like, you're automatically neighbors with the robbers and the priest and the mm-hmm. Levite, right. and now you're making yourself neighbors with the Samaritan. Right. That is how that would... Work except you're by saying which one was the neighbor. Right. You're excluding all of the other characters in the story. So,
0: which was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers. Mm-hmm. So he's saying which one was a neighbor to him.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's not excluding the other people as much as saying who extended that compassion?
1: Well, that anytime you ask a question, which one of these, mm-hmm. you are excluding the other, like those, <laughs> you're well, excluding For the, the example
0: other. that he was giving of being a neighbor. Now, mm-hmm. uh, this is also reinforced by a dozen other similar things where he answered a question directly by saying love everybody. It,
1: it, it literally feels to me like what, sh- lo- what I'm missing, I think, is mm. it's not only... Like, you can't rely on your societal or religious ties
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you're counting your neighbors. You have to also mili- include right. um, everyone. Well, but you, uh-huh. that piece, not just those people, mm-hmm. but everyone. Right. And that's the piece that I'm missing. That's all. I just well,
0: I I, I and Again, <laughs> we're separating it from the context of all the other teaching which yes. reinforces this constantly. Right. Well, another good point to make is that especially with the go and do likewise, yeah. This is constantly stressing action, which is kind of what we're talking right. about, which is right. the whole reason we did this podcast. Right. Which is it's not merely theoretical go and do something where you're caring for somebody who is different from you.
1: Right. And do we want to bring this into sort of today?
0: Yes, which exactly is what he was doing. I mean, he could have told a story about some, uh, a parable that was more fantastic in nature, or, right. but instead he does something that was relevant to the politics and to the, the community that he was living in.
1: Right. Um, so if we want to bring up uh, na- neighborliness mm-hmm. into here the year of our Lord 2020, <laughs> right. uh, masks. Face coverings right. are like the biggest neighborly thing you can do. And it is a weird split mm-hmm. in the quote unquote conservative Christian America right now. Right. That are, you know, appalled by the requirement to cover your mouths to protect your fellow man.
0: Yes, I think that when we look at the example the Samaritan is giving, he gives of himself. Mm-hmm. He's giving his money, he's giving mm-hmm. his time. He gave up his donkey. So this man doesn't would, Well, for walk. the walk. He right I and mean, he's walking through with <laughs> his, Well, No, no, but I mean he's walking through the desert yes, yes, with yes. This complete strangers, you know, being uh, supported or actually has using his transportation. I think the masks, I think that the, the recent uh, uh it, it's that argument is ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. Given the fact that you don't sh- that the people who are deciding that they're just going to go without and take the risk of infecting everyone else, are not doing the absolute least they can it's conceive of It's literally
1: that the least thing they can do. The very
0: least they can do. Yeah. To make sure that other people live. We, saying, speaking as a Christian, I think it's obscene listening to people talk about the sacrifices that we make to keep an economy going. You are literally performing human sacrifice to mm-hmm. money.
1: hmm and money right. that is going to benefit you in no way. Because right. most of the people out here actually doing these damaging mm. things, they're being, you know, prodded on by the people who are... Who, who, who are insulated
0: from the worst the, mm-hmm. effects of this pandemic are the people who are instigating yes. others to go back to make those wealthy people money. Yes. And it's obscene. Yeah. But... The idea that there are Christian people supporting it mm-hmm. um, is absurd because it says, in other words, we are willing to sacrifice human lives so that your human lives that we can have.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's not and separated even. From our it's, they're not even saying mm-hmm. we can have. It's we are willing to sacrifice our human lives and your human lives well, the, so that uh, they can have, which is.
0: Like, so wild. (laughs) I don't understand it. I think if you had just said, here, here's grandma, put a knife in her heart and give her to the god Maimon, you would go, what the hell? Yeah. But if you're willing to do all that, Maimon, which means money, Jesus told us we cannot worship God and Maimon. He said it. Mm -hmm. Or Mammon. Uh, But uh, he was, you know, as we were going to go go on learning, he was very skeptical of wealthy people and their motivations constantly. And he reeled against it all the time. So the notion, the natural acceptance of that there are some people who should be in charge and have money and entitlements, mm-hmm. and other people who should have nothing, is a very, at its roots, an anti-Christian idea. Yeah, it's. But uh, even more so, beyond yeah. that, the notion that we ever, for instance, the constant stressing that this is a Chinese-caused illness, right? right? It's not like it, you know, and although there is a theory that it was invented by the Chinese, I'm not sure what the idiot thought of that. But, um, the someone
1: racist, that that's yeah, beyond you that. treat
0: every here. The story is someone who is traditionally treated with suspicion because of the differences is the person who winds up helping and the person that you are told to imitate, right, in terms of helping. So, when we see people arguing about not helping other people because they're Democrats, or not lending money to states because they're, because they're led state. by Democrats, <clears throat> yeah. not sending money <clears throat> to Puerto Rico because they're not real Americans or whatever it is, um, not trusting people in community because they're Muslim. That flies in the face of what Jesus is teaching. Right. This particular parable is big. It's like a sponge that you add water to, and it starts filling up all sorts of spaces. Because it's not only calling into question... Um, where the responsibility lies, saying, in other words, that person who's a member, an upstanding member of your community, is going to, can abandon you. That person who's a religious figure, Mm -hmm. a respected religious figure, can abandon you.
1: And probably will, it turns out.
0: (laughs) Sometimes the person who's going to help you the most is the person who's the least like you. Right. And so that's the example of behavior. Or
1: that doesn't have, like, it doesn't, you know, necessarily spell that out here, but it has been found. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the studies have been done to show that people with less give more. Right. Like, percentage-wise.
0: Yes. They seem to understand more the, the quality of compassion because they have nothing.
1: Yeah. Or and they were in a position that was desperate, and now they're in a position that of relative right. comfort, and they want to help those who are desperate because yes. they know what that is like. I uh, mean,
0: here, he bandages the uh, man's wounds. Put someone on his donkey, put some in the inn, pays for the night, mm-hmm. sees it, I'll come back and I'll reimburse you. Right. There, this is a sense of community or what Christianity was aiming towards, like that sense of community that we take care of each other.
1: Not this, as soon as you step out of line and don't do right. a thing that I like, then I'm going to ostracize you and exactly. be totally fine and disappear off the face of the earth.
0: He's talking about religious differences. Mm-hmm. He's not just talking about religion inside of his own community. He's talking about religion, and he reaches across to pagans. He reaches across to other people in the Jewish community who are not on the inside. So, as I said, it's it, it It meets a lot of, or answers a lot of questions, I think, with the way that he tells the story. Although we can disagree about that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't love the way he tells the story, but the the what he's trying to get across I'm on board with. I think right. that's where I'm at. And like I said, that comes down to how many times has this been translated, mm-hmm. retranslated, untranslated, right. switched well, around, two moved things. around. How many like,
0: times has it been translated and how um, what exactly was the context in the in the uh, as it's being used in a bunch of teachings where this is again yeah. getting the same point over again to people where i'm constantly right right yes i'm hearing this story
1: among seven other stories that right. are telling me the same thing right that's fine so just mm-hmm. i'm just a language stickler so, But like i said once again in terms of this though how does translated. it help
0: you understand it now
1: it's the it's it means the same. It's the same, the same it thing, but it's also sh-ing.
0: changing it in that you don't automatically think a Samaritan is good. A Samaritan was the person who helped. No, but,
1: but once again, I automatically think, when you say, what does good mm-hmm. Samaritan mean,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: I, yes, I do presume good, because right. that is the question that you ask with the word <laughs> I, I that you love,
0: use. I love the fact that, um, that you can go along with that. You can just say Samaritan now, and people automatically assume good. And you can say something like Philistine. And people automatically think bad.
1: I don't think that the the connotation for Philistine in my brain is different Uh than it is in yours. I will tell you that. So maybe Uh, we can talk about that. So, what's the connotation
0: of yours, just out of curiosity?
1: I think I conflate it with plebeian.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, okay.
1: So. Of course, taste, I think, is how right. Philistine comes across to me. Right. Not as inherently evil or bad, just like rough. Right. Like, that, is the, that is how my brain sort of translates that into right. understanding. And for the most part, in context, that works. Well, yeah, because we, <laughs> we
0: tend to use the term, he's a Philistine or is Philistine, yeah, right. So it's a mark of bad taste or low intelligence or something. And the Philistines were a group of but people. But I
1: don't, I don't necessarily uh, equate bad taste or low intelligence with "quote unquote" bad. Right. Right. I just. But I mean, it is a, it is certainly a judgment. I'm not the, not making a judgment, but it is uh-huh. not like I would write somebody off for bad taste or for being "quote unquote" of lower intelligence mm-hmm. than me or whatever. Like, well,
0: that's the way the term gets used a lot in literature. I think you, you get the Philistines. Or the, the,
1: the people that yeah. are below where I am yeah. or whoever speaking. Um, and so I don't even have to think so about them because the, they are below.
0: The Philistines <laughs> were the group that had settled in what we would call the Promised Land.
1: Is this a thing we want to do now? Yeah, well,
0: just okay. briefly because I want to make a point with it.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and so the descendants of Joshua you know, and the those kings, Saul and David, are constantly fighting the Philistines. The Philistines are always raiding villages and stealing the Ark of the Covenant and paying for that. And the, David's fighting the Philistines, and Samson's fighting the Philistines, and Delilah was a Philistine, and look what she did. And so all throughout the Book of Judges were, and the Book of Kings, were, uh, or Samuel, rather, were fighting with the Philistines. And then as a culture, they disappear at some point. Um, but it's interesting to me that we can say Philistine and there's a consensus, consensus on what that means.
1: A lot of time, it's a tone too. Right. It's never said like, "Oh, the Philistines are coming." It's right. always Philistine. Exactly. Like it's
0: always. <laughs> so it's become this kind of term. And on the other hand, and they they probably did a great deal, but not more than others, to validate that point of view. But then we have the Samaritans who just, if you say Samaritan, you're thinking they're good. And they were just uh, another group. Another group. And uh, so Philistine's bad. It it all depends on
1: (laughs) what the stories are and where they appear in the stories that that live. Who's in the box? Uh, what's in the box? So, unboxing. For the second part of our program, we are going to open a peculiar box and talk about it. I will say to the audience, I don't know what's about to happen.
0: What's <laughs> so, in the box? What's what in the box?
1: Indeed, is in the box.
0: All right. That's a reference that <laughs> is unfortunate. <laughs> you did it. I in didn't. The context do it. Of
1: you can't even blame you me.
0: Can't, for that I don't one. think you can even say that now without that coming into people's minds. So, while well, cleaning out some of my old things, I found a peculiar old box. This is the beginning of every MR James ghost story. Yeah, and let's decided to open it. <laughs> it would make an interesting segment. Is twenty
1: twenty not bad <laughs> enough? We have to just open boxes that you find? Yes. We're doomed, Ziggy. Well, here it is. Oh, is this the box? Yes, the box. This box has been sitting here for quite a while.
0: And I was trying to get you to open it, but this is the first opportunity okay, that we well, have for it. I wouldn't like, just out of my way. Okay. So what is the, the...
1: So this is a, I would barely, barely call this a box. It is uh, small, smaller uh-huh. than you think it is. It is maybe three and a half by six inches mm-hmm. and about a half an inch high. <laughs> Oh, dear Lord. It says, in, in very fancy script, I will make, take a picture and post it, Holy Land Mementos. Yes. I'm having a distinct flashback to uh, Chaucer. Mm. A stone from Mount Calvary. Calvary.
0: Calvary.
1: Calvary. Uh-huh. I mess that up literally every time I say it. <laughs> it's okay. Soil from the Holy Land. Water from the Dead Sea. Mustard seed. Well I've got some of that in the kitchen, so olive leaves from Gethsemane. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Nice. That was good. <laughs> Water from the Jordan River and Palestine flower petals. What? Christmas greetings from Bethlehem, a child has won my heart, emblem of a Christian approach, mission orphan home in Bethlehem. Made by the orphan children of Bethlehem. Yes. <laughs>
0: now, if you were a part of the church community
1: Ah uh, yeah Good yeah. or Bad This is I don't even want to touch it.
0: These were things that were given out when you supported orphans in missions. They would give you gifts and things. Now I remember that you participated in a mission drive yourself by dropping extra change into a plastic ba- barrel. Yes and that was given to kids, I think, in Mexico? I can't remember. It was such a long time ago. So what do you think of it? There's a card inside. Oh,
1: my God, it's really all in here. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> you didn't expect it to be there? No,
1: I did not expect it to be here. Okay. So when you take the top off, then it's mm-hmm. sitting, it's like a card, like a thick card. It's folded over, and it, it, there's a picture. It says, Precious Mementos of the Holy Land. In the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus, in the... Wait, in the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus are featured simple things close to nature. It's a rough sentence, y'all. Mm-hmm. Wildflowers covered the hillsides, blessed by his footsteps. Soil and mustard seed figure in his parables. Olive trees of Gethsemane offered a sanctuary where he prayed. I really want them to be capitalizing the H.
0: We're going back to
1: the Um... In the Jordan, Christ was baptized. On Mount Calvary, he was crucified. Is that right?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's also called Golgotha.
1: That's what I was mm. familiar with. Okay. These are tangi- tangible mementos of life and land, sacred and dear to every Christian heart. It's very, um, it's written in a black It's very florid, type, right? The type th- font yeah. that is difficult to read, and it, it has the... Calligraphic. Yes. Nature. Yeah. So when you open that, there is a cross on the right side. Uh-huh. It says He is risen on the top. Uh, it's, a, it's a bookmark. I don't know how you would use this as a bookmark. It is shaped like a cross. Uh-huh. There is a flower on it that were prepared and designed by orphan children in the Holy Land. Yes. And then on the right side, it's, it's all of the things. <laughs> Mustard seed, and then there's a little, there's a...
0: Uh, a now, do you know the mustard seed, the reason why you would reference the mustard seed in terms of Jesus?
1: Um, no, but I, I can read here uh-huh. Matthew seventeen twenty. If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove nothing. Uh, it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. I okay. don't know what that means. What? If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Uh, what...
0: In other words, if you have faith, the tiniest amount of faith, impossible things okay, happen. Okay, so he as chose a, small as a grain right, of mustard, chose, that's what
1: I needed. He, it there, was. There's,
0: there's the same issue we were having earlier. I with just can't. Translation. Yes, is that, when
1: you compare my faith to mustard seed, right. I don't know if you mean in potency, in size, mm-hmm. or
0: just See, carry so some mustard the, on me. The other <laughs> reference that doesn't mention there, Jesus said, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants, so big that birds perch in its shade. So he talked about how people who lack faith, even if it's tiny, it can, you know, it, uh, it can be effectual and eventually grow. So the, I think it's actually neat. I, I, I like the fact that, oh, that's, he's not kidding, a mustard seed is really, really tiny. It's not the smallest. Well, the smallest it seed might
1: be the smallest seed in known that to Jesus. region
0: that he was talking about. Again, but I'm
1: like looking. I've seen must, mustard seeds are actually right. quite large, which right. is why I was like, chia seeds are smaller. <laughs> that's well, Jesus fine. does
0: not discuss it's, chia. <laughs> now I'm going to be a snob. Oh my! Then
1: God. there is soil from the Holy Land. There's no way for me to know that that's true.
0: Right. <laughs> I, well, because orphan children picked it up by the side of the road. And
1: put it in a little plastic. I don't
0: understand how the flowers work though. It's like
1: flowers They from... don't because this is very sad. Right. Um Olive leaves from the Gardens of Gethsemane, once again, they yeah. are leaves and they are glued into this thing. There are two leaves. Mm-hmm. I've never seen an olive tree in life. So yeah. I could not uh I could not Swear to the veracity. <laughs> a stone from Mount Calvary, which sh- it's a little white rock, looks like a piece of chalk, uh-huh. also glued on there. Uh, and then two little vials, water from the River Jordan. There's definitely water in there.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And water from the Dead Sea. There's also water in there. Uh, they are yellowed or oranged, almost, like they are tinged, to uh, those two colors. And this feels very much like, what is it called? The things that you would buy from Parsons, like the bone of a mm-hmm. saint. Well, yeah,
0: there were things that were, uh, it, it's, I think. That that's...
1: were never, in fact, the bone of a saint. They might have been in the bone of a Saint Bernard. They were not
0: the bone there, of a saint. They were, they were, there are actual artifacts, but at the time, um, peddlers would come by and sell things like that because they, they wanted a holy relic for their little Relic,
1: that's a holy relics, yes.
0: And so sometimes, and that happens in all religions. But
1: also rich people uh-huh. would buy them as, as they were, as though they were dispensations, mm-hmm. right? They, we, you would have... Pieces
0: of the cross. Yeah, well, My yeah. favorite was, I don't want to pronounce this word wrong, and somebody will correct me, I'm sure, the Sampepus, because Jesus resurrected, so he left behind no artifacts. However, somebody claimed to have had a a relic that was um, claimed to was his foreskin because he was circumcised. And so I wanted, um, I would love to see an action-adventure film about trying to recover this from somewhere. Because, again, leaving nothing behind.
1: (laughs) Jesus' foreskin is like a swear. Yes. Like, it if, you, sounds like a if you hit your head with a hammer, you just go, Jesus, foreskin! <laughs> like, if you don't want to swear, but you kind of need to swear. What? Oh, prepus, Prepuce. prepus, Prepuceum. Prepuce. Prepuce. That is wild.
0: And there's a there's an interesting illustration. Why about,
1: would his foreskin have been sick? Because he would have been circumcised as a baby, right?
0: And it would have been removed. And the idea is that somebody held onto it, and it has miraculous powers. This, of course, is nonsense.
1: Anybody <laughs> who held onto that was a creepazoid, right? <laughs> um, because that was just a baby,
0: right? I, I I don't know what would make anybody think.
1: And that was just somebody who was collecting foreskins, and that's not somebody that you want to be a neighbor, But too, they, frankly.
0: They, like, they started in the Middle Ages, but that's the only one of the few things that people have claimed. I think that um, something similar happened. How happens. would you ever... Authenticate that? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, in the East, there are... Uh, like, I'm
1: just trying to think of the...
0: Reliquaries that have... Carbon
1: dating and the... <laughs>
0: like, there are reliquaries that? that supposedly have a couple of hairs of the Buddha or a milk tooth or something. And, uh, that
1: makes a little bit more sense
0: Yeah, but again, how would you authenticate pure me? three of buddhism? Right, earth?
1: but also right. locks of hair are things that the Victorians certainly kept mm-hmm. of, of children. Milk teeth are certainly things that uh, that people throughout cultures have kept. No one ever has been like, let's save this foreskin. <laughs> like, well, I,
0: no one You know the, the picture that comes to mind is... Well, we were circumcising him. He was eight days old. And I just said, this kid's going places. This kid's sorry. going places. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I had know. his mom and dad sign <laughs> right? underneath.
0: Certificate of authentication. And then uh, I dipped it in bronze right. and I
1: put it on my wall. Yeah, no, what is, have, that, Anyhow, is, what aside but that is what it <laughs> felt like. That is what this feels <laughs> like. This is, like. This, what this really feels like is.
0: You contributed so much.
1: Child abuse? Well, no, no.
0: See, what it genuinely was, was. If you contributed so much to this orphanage in Jerusalem, they're going to give you relics of the Holy Land. So the kids are all running around scrambling, picking up rocks and dirt and leaves and things. And then they're put in this very fancy and lovely box, which you must admit, it's it's a lovely, if completely overdone presentation.
1: It is. And especially because my, I would date this to the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, I
0: think it would go earlier than that. Even earlier than that.
1: And it's held up relatively well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, scuffing on the corners. But like I said, all of the things. And, and this has, like I said, been sitting on this table for a, a couple of months now. Yeah. And I never opened it. Um,
0: <laughs> which is why you were shocked there was anything so inside. I <laughs>
1: was surprised that those things were actually still in here. Yeah.
0: Right. And I'll tell you where it came from. Um, I did not personally contribute to uh, these uh, causes. It was when I was working at Holmes Book Company. Oh, so this isn't
1: a a family thing. No,
0: Fred Moore, who was um, our senior book buyer, had quite a character.
1: So then would you just buy like 20 of these and give them out to your family and then be like, I you know, I donated no, in your name my understanding, here is a thing. Well
0: you could do that, yes. Right. But you had to contribute the money to get the package.
1: No, I understand that. Anywhere, like right? you would you would you would contribute right. a, a number of donations and then because these are this is Christmas greetings from Bethlehem. Right. So then you give to your right. faithful family mm-hmm. and it would be like me going, I bought a family a goat mm-hmm. in your name. Well,
0: my uh, one of my <laughs> sisters has a tree in the forest in israel right so and that's another thing you can do you can do
1: forestation efforts on behalf if if Mm -hmm. people if you don't want to trade goods and you know so in this case
0: uh, fred was he bought a a ministerial library from someone okay and he had me going through a bunch of the boxes to uh to see if i recognized any of this stuff i was very new to antiquarian books at the time, mm-hmm. so I wasn't as helpful as I could be other than that, I knew that all of the commentary books, yes, I remembered all of the books of the Old and New Testament were there, so we were able to go over that. Mm-hmm. And then he found this item in, in the box. Now, it's surprising to me it didn't get smashed, because ministerial libraries are full of very heavy tomes. But when he found it, he yes, thought... Yes, because
1: it, this is not...
0: No, this is delicate.
1: Although, I think if something landed on it just on top. I think uh-huh. it's strong enough to hold itself. But right. yeah, if it got come from, it's filled from the filled glass just,
0: vials and things like that, yeah. too. So he, he thought it was a miracle. It survived. He gave it to me as a result. and I, I'm not sure when it dates back from. But yeah,
1: there's no date on it. We took... Um,
0: I was working there after high school, so it was at the end of the 80s. I'm not sure exactly how oh. old... Oh, does it say?
1: Um, on the back, I just uh-huh. flipped it all the way out. Okay. So on the back, there are pictures...
0: Oh, of the children.
1: Uh, I've yes, never taken it children. out of the box.
0: I knew that it's sort of like a car. The River
1: Jordan is sacred to the heart of every Christian because in its waters the Lord Jesus mm. was baptized. At this traditional baptismal site, orphan children are filling tiny bottles with Jordan River water.
0: So there's photographs of them doing exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the rocky
1: hills outside of Old Jerusalem, uh-huh. uh, Golgotha. So then they're collecting all these little rocks. Uh-huh. And then. They're standing under an olive tree and pulling (laughs) (laughs) the leaves off.
0: So there's a denuded olive tree somewhere Um, that has provided all the leaves. And it
1: says, Christian Approach Mission, American Headquarters, 2000 Linwood Boulevard, P.O. Box 55, Kansas City, Missouri. But it does not have a year on it. Well, then I can look at the ministry and see. For a second, because it said 2000, I was Mm -hmm. like, no way. (laughs) But... um,
0: yeah, I'll have to look at the ministry and see if it's still around or when it was founded or and something. because yeah, there's
1: nowhere. There
0: might be an idea. Not just
1: a card, but a lasting sacred gift. So yeah, you could.
0: It's a, a it. lasting sacred gift. It has been for several people now.
1: The Holy Land Christian Approach Mission. I found it on ABE Books.
0: Oh really? Does it give a date there?
1: First edition, 1958. Okay. Is what they have here. There's no picture, but it's Mm -hmm. yeah. It 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 identifies as about the same, all the same things. Right. And once again, it says first edition. They probably did this over a number of years. Yeah. Years, But but we
0: know when it first started.
1: Um. But so that they have it dated in 1958. So yeah, I guess it's been. Uh. They did Easter as well.
0: Oh. I should try to get the other one and have a set.
1: Interesting, and now I feel like it needs to go in a. Yes, it needs to be. I want to actually be careful with it because I legitimately thought that there was nothing in it. It's (laughs) one hundred percent
0: intact. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, If you liked it, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with a friend digitally, through email, maybe socially distanced.
0: We have an internet at home, withoutworkspodcast.com. Our show notes, links to stories we talk about, and transcripts for our episodes can be found there.
1: Someday. We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com, on Twitter at withoutworkspod, and on Facebook at withoutworkspodcast. You can search us in the search bar, or just go over to withoutworkspodcast.com and click the link. I've been Amity, and he's been Lemuel, and we urge you to stay in and do something good. Everybody's got a little light under the sun, under the sun.